Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is... John. Glenn. Ryan. So, what did you guys do this weekend? I'll tell you what we didn't do. Glenn and I attempted three separate times... Three to times. See, ...to go see Bad Boys... What is it called? Bad Boys... For, 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 for life. life. So we, so we uh, could let y'all know how it and was. we were going to go see it, and then, like we looked like two hours before the show started each time, and it was sold out. So And one, one of which was uh, like two o'clock in the afternoon yeah. matinee. I look at it, yeah, it's like almost 1 o'clock, and I was like, oh, let me look at the what seats are left, and it was pretty much all sold out, so I was just like, Glenn, let's uh, just watch football instead. I was telling John before y'all got here, I was like, when I first saw that it was coming out in January, I was like, why are they releasing Bad Boys in the middle of January? And I didn't think about Martin Luther King weekend, and whoever did it is genius because it's making way more money than they were expecting. Yeah, They already greenlit the, the fourth one. Well, bad boys for, for afterlife. Yeah, yeah bad boys afterlife. <laughs> I don't know what happens in this one. We didn't see it. Maybe they both die. It's going to be them in heaven. Yeah, I'm pretty it's sure. In the upper room. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, we can't review it uh, because well, it's getting good buzz. Like I, not. I, I want to see it. And I, I saw that the runtime is two hours and five minutes, unlike it's seventeen not, hours that the last one was. Yeah. Um. Well, we were just talking about before we started recording. John posted this. Uh, this thing and tagged us in it. It was like this little Reddit chain thing that I, I saw. Yeah, and it was just last night. It just kind of made me giggle. And it was basically just take your favorite movie quote and add you piece of shit at the end of it. And it just I just I tagged the, the, the guys here in it. And when I woke up this morning, I had all kind of people had commented on it. And people have been commenting all day just adding new movie quotes with that in it. And it's, yeah, and we're talking about uh, Star Wars lines have, have good you yeah. piece of shits in it. So yeah, you can you can try it out. It's pretty fun. We, were, yeah. we just figured out Jar Jar Binks lines are very good. Yeah, for her. Uh, we're all on here. Hell, thank you. How are you, you piece of shit? I think my favorite one from our little thread on on Facebook was uh, I don't even know who did it. Was uh, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast? You pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think my favorite one though there was the the Titanic one. I'll never yeah. let go, Jack. You piece of shit. Because <laughs> that's basically how she treated him. After. Pretty much. Yeah, it's a it's a fun little game. I'm try I, like it's so funny because we're talking about all these. I'm just like drawing a blank as to ones I want to. You're gonna need a bigger boat, you piece, <laughs> piece of shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> you said going to a boss. You said in big doo doo this time, you piece of shit. <laughs> no, again, Jaja. I mean, this one. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You piece of shit. Uh, you gonna read some of them? Yeah, I got just a few here. That <laughs> there was like thirty that uh, was on there. My, our friend Mike has been on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. He he did the A Star Is Born. I just wanted to take another look at you, you piece of shit. That, that's a pretty good one. No, I like the one when he did from the help. That was. Oh yeah. That that one I thought was pretty. Your wife Saunders had uh, let it go. You piece of shit. Uh, uh, actually, Glenn's was pretty good. Uh, you want yeah. to build a snowman? You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you was kind. You was smart. You was important. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Glenn had an, an I am Iron Man. You piece of shit. Snap. Uh, there you go. May the force be with you, you piece of shit. He was looking at you, kid, you piece of shit. You, Glenn said, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it, he will come, you piece of shit. Houston, we have a problem, you piece of shit. Yeah, some good ones. It's yeah. a fun game. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees, you piece of shit? <laughs> you quoted Kai Adam Monday. Kai Adam Monday. That's just that. That's, 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 that's Ryan's favorite Jedi. No, he's, he's the most useless he's, Jedi. His favorite. Don't your, say that. your thoughts dwell on your mother. Yeah, no shit. He's been with his mother his whole life, and uh, he's. <laughs> yeah. <there> you, <laughs> <laughs> you are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> a virgin. She thinks around this boy. You piece of shit. <laughs> the funny thing, if you add it to most of Anakin's angry lines, it fits in perfectly. <laughs> you turned her against me. You piece of shit. <laughs> It's worse. He's overly critical. <laughs> he doesn't angel, understand. Piece of, shit? <laughs> piece of shit. Are you an angel, you piece of shit? <laughs> uh, it's a rich portion of it. Yeah. You piece of shit. Anakin, you're breaking my heart, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's lost, Anakin. I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you have done that yourself. <laughs> Hello, what have we here, you piece of shit? <laughs> In fact, R two D two might actually be. He saying might have said that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what Ichuta means. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun game. Teach your children. You piece of shit. Um, while this weekend was happening, the Oscar nominations have come out. Yeah. Um, was there anything that surprised you guys? I guess the only thing that really stood out to me, as far as like surprise snubs, was was Adam Sandler. 
Yeah, uh, I was. I, I haven't seen Uncut Gems. I've heard good things about it. I'm just, uh, especially I heard his interview on Howard Stern where he threatened the the Academy if he didn't get an Oscar, he's going to make the worst movie imaginable on purpose, <laughs> just to upset all the critics. So um, I feel like he's probably already done that though. But he said on purpose this time. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's snubs. Um, I mean, my big. I was surprised that um, Frozen Two did not get nominated and Toy Story Four did. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I think some people were upset about Jennifer Lopez not getting a supporting actress nomination. Yeah. I didn't see the hus- didn't, Hustlers. Didn't see um, um, what is it? Little Women, Greta Gerwig. Yeah, apparently the feminists are losing their mind that no female was nominated for Best Director. I I, I don't know. I didn't see the Little Women, so I can't really say if it deserved. I it think or not. me and Sandra are going to see them on Friday, so I'll, I'll let you. Know. I just feel like, and I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the movies, but I mean, the whole thing about yeah, no female directors, but I mean, I feel like it should be they should be nominated based on the quality of the work. Not right. uh, yeah, I don't not because so that there's a token female. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like that might actually the, be the, the, the problem. Too, is that, like the movie is nominated for Best Picture, but yeah, that is know. that is not the first time it's ever happened. No, it's it's so I mean, like talk, my talk to Ben Affleck. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm, my thing is, you go look at the list of best directors. Who do you take out? To put in a female, right? Exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know. And I, like I said, I haven't seen all this stuff. I mean, maybe she did deserve it. I don't know, but I don't. I don't think so. Based on the fact that it's a movie that's been made what like three, four, five different times. I mean, so just that's so, just so is that's born. that's a general. Well, it, he changed everything. Well, and now I mean, again, she did and I was about I to know. say, I haven't seen it. Maybe she did make some changes. So I don't know. To quote Joey Triviani, how little are these women? Unless <laughs> <laughs> more the bartender's reading it, I don't want to live in this world. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I don't know. How about the Joker with 11 nominations? I'm actually surprised Joker that it was the most nominated film. Not that I don't think it doesn't deserve it, but um, it's the least. Not that critic, critics did like it, but out of all the films, it wasn't as critically praised as all the others so i'm a little surprised that it got as much yeah. as it did i'm glad this is what i think the academy needs to be doing is start to branch out to more commercially successful films that are actually really really good a lot of people are saying that uh, leo got snubbed over jonathan price leo did? or leo got snubbed by with with the nomination oh for this for, for uh, once, once a time oh i didn't realize leo got snubbed no, he yeah. I, th- I yeah. thought he did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's why it was somebody else. Then I was. It was one of the people that had, had been nominated. I mean, it would have been Sandler, Maybe I guess. Sandler. Maybe it was Sandler. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we'll we'll get into this later. What's about this one that Antonio Banderas keeps getting nominations for? Pain and Glory. See that? That's what I can't stand. It's a, it's a foreign film. That the, these movies that came out of nowhere and it's like no one's ever heard of it. And I guess it. And well, I guess in a way it's good because. What about Roma? Oh, that that's the example of why this is bad, but. I guess in a way it's good because if it's a smaller film, they don't have the money to market it. So the fact that it gets recognized, maybe now people will go see it. So maybe it is a good thing. But I mean, Parasite, that 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 one, the producer, that that's been winning like Best Picture and other things. I wonder if it might pull the upset. I would not be surprised. I didn't know is is Parasite nominated for Best yeah. Foreign Film? But yeah, 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 it's for both. both. Yeah. I, it's gonna be, I think it might be one of those things where they give it foreign film and then they're like, okay, we'll honor something else. Why don't they just like say, okay, we're not going to do a foreign film category this year. We're just going to give it to Parasite because yeah. it was that good. It's going to be it's going to be nominated in the best picture film category. So it's like that that when that happens, it's kind of goofy to me because it's, it's like, like when Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like well, that's or it's, it's the like, only one of these movies that got nominated for best picture. So it's or I mean, it's the same thing when um what was it Up got nominated for best picture and animated. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. So. I love the Oscars. Yeah. Um, kind of. I was kind of surprised um, Taika Waititi didn't get nominated for director. Uh, for yeah. what? Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that got a bunch of nominations too. That's. I mean, I haven't seen it, but that's kind of one of those movies that's out there. You know, the Academy's full of a lot of old it's people. It's almost like a Western Grand, type movie. It's the Grand Budapest Hotel mm-hmm. of this year. Yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson and joined a very exclusive club. She got two nominations. That's right, and um, I guess the um, the Russo brothers didn't get a. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. in like they wanted. Well, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. wanted it. I don't think he was in the movie enough to, to well, want. Well, like I should say that, but Judy Dench was in what Shakespeare in Love for thirty seconds. Yeah, and she won. Uh, exactly. Speaking of Robert Downey Jr., I've I've heard nothing but uh, awful things about Doctor Doolittle. That movie, like, all right. So the trailer, it looks to me like he <laughs> literally is just going through the motions in yeah, the trailer. It looks bad. I don't know. I mean, I read some reviews on it didn't see it obviously so i can't really comment on it but they said like it's kind of obvious he was trying to make something for little little kids and they said little little kids will probably enjoy it john cena's in it 
Well, then, really? well yeah. then it can't be that bad. Is I he t- a voice in it or he's actually in it? I, I don't know. I just know that he was involved with it because I know, like, I saw, you know, all the wrestling sites. Some wrestlers went to the premiere mm. to support him. But um, I don't care if little kids want to see it. I don't want to see it, so I'm not taking my children to see it. Mm. Well, there you go. You piece of shit. And there it is. Well, <clears throat> we have some things to talk about today. Do we know? Some, some television series. Um, like a brand new one, Avenue 5. So, like... I just literally, it was so funny that you sent the, Glenn sent a text saying he was watching it. If anybody wanted to watch it, we should get it. I didn't have time, but it's just funny that, like, I literally heard not a single thing about this show until, like, I think last night I saw a commercial for it, and I was like, what is this? I mean, like, am I the only one who never heard anything about this? I've seen, I think I saw a commercial for it a few weeks ago, and then, and then, um, earlier this week I was watching Stephen Colbert and Josh Gad was on there promoting it, and, um. It's from the creators of uh, Veep. It's the, the it's a half hour comedy show on show, on HBO. Uh, it stars Hugh Laurie and uh, Josh Gad. Um, there, uh, it takes place in the future. Um, I'm not sure if it even says how far in the future. Yeah. Have the polar ice caps melted yet? That, the, the the trailer voice guy didn't, didn't <laughs> indicate that. But um, it takes place on a cruise ship that goes through space. That's called Avenue Five. Yeah. And Hugh Laurie is the captain. Josh Gad, it seems like he's the billionaire that kind of came up with this whole idea yeah. of doing these cruise ships where they basically, it's like a, they said it was a, was it eight days? Or was it eight? Or was I think it was supposed to be eight weeks. Eight weeks. An eight-week trip around the, the solar system, yeah. kind of. Well, it was supposed to go from Earth to, um, was it Titan? Titan. And it was going to swing around Titan and back to Earth. And there's a malfunction while they're um, on their ship and they miss... The uh, their thing from Titan, and now it seems their um, small little voyage is going to take over three years. Um, Josh Gad, when he was on Colbert, kind of described it as like they wanted to do kind of a riff on Gilligan's Island, yeah. where it's um, the most awful people imaginable stuck on this ship together for three years. Yeah, and um, so far it's pretty funny. I mean, it's just one half an hour pilot. It was it was funny. It's yeah. worth, worth watching. Hugh Laurie was was pretty yeah, funny. He in was it. funny. And Josh Gad was really funny. Yeah, he was hilarious. And he kind of said he modeled his look after Richard Branson. And what's the the guy who played uh, Jared in Silicon Valley? Oh yeah, Zach Woods. Zach Woods, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really funny. All right, but um, I mean, this has the potential to be amazing, and it also has the potential to be terrible. Yeah, but um, but it's, it's definitely got me hooked. Yeah, for the next couple episodes. Yeah, I'm gonna wa- yeah, I'm gonna watch the the, the, the yeah. next few. So for show. And it comes on HBO, half hour. So it's called Avenue Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A. A. Ron Hernandez. So this is a Netflix documentary that came out, and it's getting a lot of people talking. Um, it's called, I think, The Killer Inside. Is that is in, Inside the Mind, I think. Right? Well, it might be The Killer Inside, colon, Inside the Mind. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it is. So it's basically about the life of Aaron Hernandez, the former tight end of the New England Patriots. Um, yeah, that's it. Killer Inside, <laughs> The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Former alive person. Yeah. Um, so it basically takes you through his life, uh, you know, how he grew up in... Bristol, Connecticut, kind of an upper middle class area. He didn't grow up on the mean streets of the West Bank or anything like that. And uh, it takes you through his journey from high school football superstar to, you know, college, playing for Florida, and then on to the NFL. And while on the surface, he seems to have the perfect life. Got a beautiful wife, baby on the way, making millions of dollars, but... In the background, there's just all kinds of dark shit going on in his life. Um, <laughs> drugs and just all kinds of weird stuff that leads to many people being murdered and him being involved with it, at least for sure convicted of one of them, involved with others maybe. And he ends up going to prison for his life and basically he took his own life he ends up he, yeah, he ends up committing suicide in prison and massachusetts had this really weird law that if you had um if your case was under appeal and you you died it was you're innocent well, well i mean the, the case was dismissed yeah. right and that's the most absurd thing and it was an old law that they said that has now been taken off the books i feel like some lazy person like 30 40 years ago was like you know what if they're dead what do we care <laughs> i mean there are a lot of weird laws in louisiana too so yeah, i mean that's funny. just um, I got a major 
major problem with this movie or this documentary Did you watch series. The whole thing. I saw so, all three episodes. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. I, I, got a, I got a major bone to pick with these people who made this. What's your major bone to pick? I don't like the fact that they fucking romanticize this guy like as if he has reasons for why he ended up the way he ended up. Like, I don't care that his dad was strict and he grew up in a time when homosexuality was put in the back and nobody wanted, you know, you never did come out and everything. He's not, there are many people who went through that. He's not the only person who went through a parent dying. He's not the only person who went through the pressures of playing on the national stage for sports, making millions of dollars. He's not the only person to request a trade from a team because he wanted to get away from bad elements around his house and didn't get it. So uh, the whole documentary was like making a, or he's not the only person with CTE and not using that as an excuse for his impulse control problems and why he's murdering people. To me, he's a fucking murderer. Yeah. He made all these choices. I just didn't like how it was so apologetic of everything he did. I, I had some issues with this, too. And me and my wife, we both watched it when it ended. I just, I said, like, when something like this happens, when somebody seems to have, you know, the world in his hand and he flushes it all down the toilet, I think a lot of people are looking for reasons. Like, yeah, why? I agree. And there's a very fine line between reasons and excuses. Yeah. And this documentary kind of, it does kind of fall into making excuses at, at, at a the, lot. At the end, I felt like it was starting to kind of make the excuse with the, the CTE especially. But I didn't really take it that they were trying to romanticize him the whole time. I felt like more like it was this really strange situation that nobody can believe this happened. And now he's gone and nobody knows why all this happened. So they were just laying out a bunch of things that this could have led to it. This could have led to it. This could have led to it. See, I mean, it's not I, none of the. He doesn't. Those aren't excuses. It's, it's like comprehension versus condoning. I didn't see yeah. this, but like that's yeah. what it. Uh, it well, like. it remo- I, I remember when I was watching this, I started thinking about "Don't Fuck with Cats," and I was like, "Okay, well, am I? What is the difference?" And my interpretation of it was the way they made "Don't Fuck with Cats." It was more of a way for you to identify signs if you see it in people of the potential to do these type of things because before. You know, when things went haywire in that documentary, there were people who could have stopped this guy before it got as far as it did. Whereas with Aaron Hernandez, it was just a ton. It was like a laundry list of shit. They were making excuses for why he ended up. He was going to be a murderer. I mean, it was just it was in his nature, in my opinion. So I don't see it as any way of like saying, oh, this is a warning uh, uh, film to give people, you know, some information about, you know, if you look out for this type of stuff, maybe you can prevent these things from happening. Yeah. I don't see it that way. Well, I mean, and the one thing that I thought was odd, you mentioned the, the CTE. Do you find it was odd? They kind of just brought that in like the last the 15 very, minutes yeah. of the documentary. And because I mean, like, like, and I'm going to agree 100% with Ryan, there are plenty of closeted homosexuals. Oh, yeah. if, if, if he was one, but yeah. there's plenty of them that didn't go out and murder him. Sure, people. Yeah, and um, and one, I mean, the film, as far as its like production value and stuff, it's it's made very yeah. well. I didn't really like how it was sort of a uh, it jumped around in timelines like constantly. Well, that didn't really bother me just because I mean they made it pretty clear. I mean, I was never confused. I mean, I wouldn't say I was confused. Yeah. I just I, I felt like in the documentary, I kind of like like following the timeline in order to see the journey more. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it that was jarring to me because it was like okay. While he's in college, they like then they jump back. Well, while he was a kid, this happened, and then they go back forward to. It's just it moved around so like, much. It was like in the last episode, but halfway through, his brother talked about when they were kids, when they were like under ten years old, and they had the hide and seek thing. And some he may have been sexually molested and, and stuff. Like and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's like, like I said, that's when it started to like. But I mean, I feel like there's a big difference between saying these are reasons why this could have happened as opposed to these are excuses why it's okay that it happened and i didn't really find like it was excuses except it did kind of get to that kind of at the end with the cte i gotta tell you uh this 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 documentary fucking pissed me off and i went i looked up on netflix the the netflix page for this and my worst fears were confirmed like the comment section was filled with people talking about how he was never given a fair chance and all this different bullshit and I, people without getting consequences and it's yeah. like the documentary in my Oak opinion Lloyd wasn't given a fair chance yeah and the documentary to me is, is to blame for this because yeah. they make him out to yeah. be a victim of his life circumstances I think, I think he didn't do any of it i think it was uh, i think it was luca mark magnata luca magnata uh, yeah i think he's the one who was behind it all you got to work on the Luca voice. Yeah. Good looking. <laughs> I've been told that I've been incredibly, devastatingly good looking. Yeah, don't, go watch don't, go, don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah. Way better. Sends a better message to me. I, yeah. I, I cannot recommend this movie at all, this series. I mean, a friend of mine was watching it at work. Said, oh, you got to watch this. And 
when I see her again, I'm going to say, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I hope you don't believe this shit because... Well, I mean, the same thing happened when when the case was going on, which they got into in the documentary, just because he was a popular, attractive football player. All the women doing the Aaron Hernandez poses with their yeah. hands. And up. I admit, when this whole first thing came out, my initial response was, okay, he was probably around some bad people, but I really find it hard to believe he would do this kind of shit. Because you named your fantasy football team the Hernandez Mafia that year. Well, that's after he got convicted <laughs> and he got released. I did. Well, they had that cool Madden cover with him on it, and it said Hernan- like you know, for Madden that year. I won the championship that year. You did. So the Hernandez Mafia is stamped <laughs> Permanently on engraved on our trophy. Now, so I guess I should thank him for one thing. Give me, help, help me, give me a fantasy championship. Are you going to pour one out of his grave? Uh, no, uh, I, I, I hate, I hated this. I hated the message it sent. I, the what I got from it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I got that message the whole time. Uh, it was a little bit it, again, but I felt at least through the first two full episodes, I felt like they were making him out look like he was a really dark, bad guy. It just made him really strange at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Well, the person, the girl who recommended it to me at work, um, I was about halfway through the first episode, and uh, she she happened to walk by. She's like, "Have you watched it yet?" I'm like, "I'm halfway through the first episode, and it's really pissing me off." I was like, "No, I got, I got the whole two more episodes to go, so I'm not reserved judgment." But it's it's I don't like the way it's going, and I was right. The way it ended up, I was not pleased with it. And there it is. And there it is. <clears throat> From so 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 instead of watching this, just watch uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, watch that. Uh, 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 there it is. There it is. Um, from life-changing situations to universe-changing situations, Crisis on Infinite Earths has now aired all of its episodes. We've gotten parts. a chance to watch all five parts, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of Ryan. Yeah, I'll just say from the very beginning of this, I wanted to get into this. I recorded the first three, and I couldn't get the, past the first episode. I was like, I just didn't get it. I don't know if it was that I was... Not familiar with the characters or whatnot, but I was just like, I, I, don't, on, I don't... On the other end of that spectrum, I have watched the shows for years. I have not watched them recently. Like, I've, I've been way behind. Like, I got behind with Walking Dead and whatnot. So I'm kind of... I kind of came into this with knowing a lot of the characters, but not knowing a lot of the things that have been happening. So. Uh, and I've, I've kept up with it. Yeah. So, uh, well, since you've kept up with it, why don't you take us through kind of what's going on? Okay, so they've kind of... Um, especially Arrow and Flash have been building to this all season. They've been talking about the crisis. And Crisis on Infinite Earths, the annual crossover. This was supposed to be the you know, the crossover to end all crossovers where um, at a wave of antimatter has been sparked by Nash Wells after he accidentally released this being called the Anti-Monitor from confinement. And it's destroying the multiverse because in that <clears throat> in the Arrow shows, they they do something that the DC Comics do a lot, where there are multiple Earths. So there's an, the Earth with Supergirl on it is is a different Earth than where the Flash and Arrow take place. So um, this wave is destroying Earth to Earth to Earth, and this character that was featured on the last crossover Elseworlds called the Monitor is collecting. These heroes known as Paragons in order to defeat the Anti-Monitor and save all these realities. Okay. Um, yeah. And that, it's based off of a uh, comic book series uh, that basically, people kind of misunderstand where this came from. Basically, DC always had these parallel realities like you're talking about, but they also had this big event to kind of streamline things. People say, oh, it was because the continuity was, was confusing. It was basically just that they wanted to streamline the books a little bit um but what it resulted in was all these realities merging into one and it didn't open up the door again for multiple realities for several years and there's elements of that in this crossover which i think they did reasonably well and they kept a lot of nods to that original miniseries um and without you i mean have you, have you guys read any of that or seen or know some of the major well, points? yeah when, when i was a kid i remember going to paper gold our right. local and they had a dollar bin, and every now and then I'd find one of these Crisis on Infinite Earths books in there, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's an old Superman in like every character I've ever known," and, I, and I'd buy one. So I've, yeah. I've read a couple. I mean, the cover of like the trade paperback has 525 characters on it, all drawn <laughs> by George Perez, and it's just kind of it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, like I kind of what's funny is about the multiverse is Marvel has started to do that in the cinematic universe with Endgame. Like they're they're talking about branch realities and things like that. So it's kind of an interesting concept. Do you um, just uh, sidebar real quick? As you mentioned that, I heard rumors. Do you think they'd ever bring Tony Stark back? 
I, I can, yeah, I can totally see them doing that. Not back to life, but maybe doing another story. Like an appearance or something in yeah. one of them? And, well, I don't even have that, see them having him as an AI. Like him being the new Jarvis voice yeah. or something like that, maybe? I kind of hope not. I, I don't think that's the plan. I mean, if no. if he appears in something that takes place in the past... Yeah. I mean, maybe. I wouldn't rule it out, but I mean... I would, like, there's rumors that he's in Black Widow. Which, well, yeah, well, that, that makes sense. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, it's, it's actually not in, in, entirely in the past. Oh, no, let me rephrase that. People kept saying it was like way in the past. It's not. Apparently, takes place after Civil. Right after Civil War. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this one, a couple of things is I really got to hand it to Stephen Amell. Uh, He carried it. Yeah. Really, really did. Yeah. Uh, A lot of like the just the heavy lifting is all done by this character who kind of started this whole Uh, universe and and really it's kind of resting. It was a proper goodbye to that character. Yeah. Um, you felt it from the characters that were around him, and uh, you know, I, I really, I, I, you said something to me, John, too, about some of the Supergirl acting being a little bit flat. Yeah, I, I can agree with a lot of the cast. First of all, I love the Legion of Superheroes. I have a Legion ring that is in my pocket right now. But uh, Brainiac Five is one of my favorite characters. I have not previously seen this version of Brainiac Five. I've, I've behind on Supergirl. I couldn't stand him. All right, well, all right. So watching him, I've watched Supergirl since the beginning. Brainiac Five, when they introduced him. He's this, like, AI from the future, and they kind of make it seem like he's almost on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just the way the character's been since he was introduced. So that's why... Yeah. But I, I just found Melissa Benoist, like, her acting was terrible. Like, in in all the episodes that she was in, I mean, the character was fine, I guess, but the acting was really bad. And some of the other uh, Supergirl actors were fine. And I don't know, I just thought she was... Maybe just in this. I don't know, maybe because I've just been watching. Bad. I'm, I'm, I've never really had a problem with her. She's, she's, it's fine, but it's like the, the level of the show that it is. I, I guess she's the best actor. I think Tyler Hoechlin is a better. I like, yeah. I like Tyler. And, and uh, yeah, he was fine. I'm drawing a blank on the actress that plays Lois Lane, but I love her too. Yeah, and this she's is, fine. And, 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 and the I guy will that say, plays well, is, yeah, I like, oh, I really, really like him. Great, and well, the, and and, and I'll say, Brandon Routh came to play. Oh, yeah, my he did. God, he was so good in this. Well, the other thing, too, is this is my first uh, encounter, because I didn't watch any of this, with John Cryer as Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. He was and good. I was amazed at you need how much awesome. I Yeah, you, you need to go back awesome. and watch the because he's my favorite Lex Luthor now, after one. That's, that's but was it, was it that, just though. me, or, like, the whole, considering it was over the five shows, I mean, all the characters were there, but I felt like it was it was Oliver Queen, um, uh, Barry Allen, and Sarah Lance were the three main characters. Yeah, with, with kind of Supergirl as a side. A little, yeah, and they yeah, were, and they were all, and, and and Batwoman was as, as a side, and all the others. But I mean, I don't know. I felt like the whole thing just kind of revolved around those three. Well, I find it funny too that they did the whole thing where we have to have the quest for the Paragons, and there's two of them in alternate realities. The rest of them are on this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was a little bit. The cameos are another thing that were kind of, yeah. was kind of really great to see how many people they got back. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller was a great... Yeah. I'm surprised they kept that on the Yeah, Apparently a lot of the actors didn't even know about that. That's awesome. Because I saw something where Melissa Benoist, she posted something on Twitter that she had no idea until she watched it. Well, I mean, in the scene, it was just... It was, it was what, just, just him and Greg Gustin, right? Yeah. But, um, I don't know, the Lucifer one, that one I thought was really... Yeah. And it went to Earth-666. Yeah. Six, six, six. Well, the other thing, too, is that I like how... Because I was wondering how they were going to do that, but the fact that they point out that these alternative versions of the characters look like other people... Right. Was cool because it's like a nod to yeah we know this is the same actor playing something different. right and you gotta explain to me just because I haven't watched Legends of uh, Tomorrow much but it, it seems like it's probably what's something that's funny what the hell is Bebo okay I didn't see so, that all right either. so that oh buddy brought me ice cream he bought a dish of ice cream ice forever. cream iced cream all right so be- Bebo pack your sweet cheeks yeah so ice cream. you know I don't know nothing about this show so I went and got us some ice cream <laughs> so all right so all right Bebo Legends of Tomorrow there was a, actually a really funny episode where Bebo's basically a tickle me Elmo. And one gets left in the in the past, and this group of like primitive people find it, and they think it's God because it's this furry thing that talks. Yeah. And it was like a season finale kind of thing, and then it get it got brought back, and it was kind of an ongoing joke in Legends of Tomorrow. And in fact, one of the season finales, um, it was kind of when magic got introduced with John Constantine. Um, it was very Ghostbusters like, where the evil needed. A form, and it saw this Bebo doll that nice. they had, and it became this giant Bebo. So um, that's it. Yeah, that that was a complete inside joke for fans of Legends of Tomorrow. And I thought it was good, and I, I figured it was probably something funny. And I was glad that it was something that in the show lasted about two minutes. In right. the show. Because I thought I was like, this is going to be the whole epi- last episode. This is going to ruin the entire crisis thing. You but also, it was it was funny. You mentioned John Constantine, but Matt Ryan, watching him in this, and just every time. I see him as Constantine. He was perfect inspired casting for the, the comics yeah, version of the character. Sure. 
Which it was fun. It was fun. Him, and, and I liked his little side quest of bringing him to purgatory and everything. It all tied in well. I'm glad you finally got to see John Cryer because, like I said, I think he was amazing. He was awesome. And so he had the right amount of all the different types of Lexes where he was like, he was smart and he was a. Uh, he looked down on everyone and he had that little tinge of evil to him. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Uh, but the results of this, um, we don't want to kind of get into spoilers, but there's some cool results and ramifications for the future of these shows. Right. Did y'all, either one of y'all watch either of the episodes of The Crisis Aftermath? I did not. It came on after the first episode and after the third episode, and it was just like a kind of like a talking dead thing, but Kevin Smith hosted it, and he had a bunch of people from the show. It was pretty good. John Cryer was on one of them, that's why I just thought of it. Because so now they're doing a Superman show with yes. Tyler Hoechlin. There's um, they haven't greenlit the new Green Arrow one with the children yet, and I'm kind of curious if because of the fan response, if we're going to get a Brandon Routh show with him as a Superman. I don't know uh, if we'll get a show, but like. It really calls back to like redeeming that movie for people. No, especially that last shot. Well, no, but like, but I never had a problem with him. I never had a problem. The movie with him sucked, but he was fine. I didn't have a problem with. Kevin Spacey was awesome. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would say not so much redeeming the movie, redeeming his version of the character. Right. Yeah. Cement. Yeah, like because I think people I thought he did a great Christopher Reeve. Imp- I don't want to say impersonation. I don't think he was trying. That's the thing. It just kind of I, embodied Christopher Reeve. I think that Superman. especially as Clark Kent, he was yeah. very Christopher Reeve-ish. But, but I mean, it, I thought it was great. I thought it was it was cool, even when they first showed him the little hint of the John Williams Superman theme played. And, yeah, and it opened with um, Robert Wool <laughs> and the little hint of the Batman theme played. So. And my recent new friend Tom Welling came back as Superman too. That's right, which was kind of cool to see. And I, that's kind of I kind of it's kind of inspired because I didn't realize I, f- I forgot that Erica Durant plays uh, Supergirl's mom. That's right. And the fact that that she was in the house when they were there, so she didn't see and right. that reference was kind of cool. So. But yeah, I, I, I had a, a good time with it. Uh, there was a little bit of unevenness. Yeah, I was about I to. Say. I think the um, the problem kind of got resolved a little quickly. Yeah. I thought that too. I was like, wait, there's another episode. Left. Yeah, it's gonna be all epilogue. Yeah, so the the last episode was pretty much the epilogue. Um, I still think the Crisis on Earth X is the best crossover. I would agree with that. Yeah, but um, yeah, fun. I'm curious to see like how these shows pick up the. Pick up or with this, league. especially. Well, I mean, we do get a Justice League now too. That, that's right. And um, Arrow is there only one episode left? I think so. Okay, so it's that, like a backdoor pilot, from what I understand. And it's going to be kind of like the ramifications of yeah. this. So okay. Um, I did not get to watch this, not for lack of trying, but uh, two popes. You guys, got it's to on watch. Netflix. What was so hard about it? Well, I didn't have the time. I kept had all much stuff. Don't know if I have enough time. Don't know if I have enough time. I saw it. I don't know, like a month ago. Me and Sandra watched it. I last kept thinking night. it was in theaters. That's, that's the thing. So I I, you know what? It was I, on Netflix. I didn't really know either. I just happened to go on Netflix and yeah. it, I saw it. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, I watched it this weekend. Um, so basically, this is just with what uh, Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins. They play Pope Benedict and Pope Francis. Um, I didn't know they were friends. Nazi Pope and Pope Frank. Well, he <laughs> wasn't really. Enough. Well, they they talk about that. Well, so do, 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 I, I wouldn't really consider at least when the movie started that they were friends. No, right, they no, they weren't when they started, but I didn't know they ever became friends. But um, I thought it was a very fascinating movie. Um, Pope City about the like buddy cops about the papacy oh. and um, you know the the process of, I guess, the political elements of running the Catholic Church and how when Pope Benedict took over the the crap that he had to deal with and that he didn't really address, and the fact that Pope Francis was so open and. I don't know. He's just obviously. I love Pope Frank. I mean, Pope, it kind of. Sidious and I didn't get along. It kind of, and it kind of put a spotlight on the just the different styles of these priests. It did, and I thought it did a very good job of that. And I feel like, like how you just said, you love Pope Frank, and you you didn't like Pope Sidious, as you said. But like, I feel like there's a lot of people that feel that way, and there's a lot of people that feel the opposite yeah. way. Well, this movie, I found that it did a very good job of showing the two of them and their two very different styles and approach to being the Pope and how they don't get along at first and how they eventually kind of become friends. And you get to more understand both of them and kind of respect it a little bit more. This might be a bit of a stretch, but I watched this movie thinking, wouldn't it be great if, like, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump did this? It was just like, <laughs> it was just it, it, two different mindsets, two different beliefs. But yet they, they, they listen to each other, they talk about things, 
and they don't judge each other about everything. Yeah. I mean, I thought about for some reason this the plots are completely different, but I thought about Frost Nixon. Yeah, same time. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, the only problem I had with the movie was I didn't find that there was much drama. Like there wasn't really much of a conflict for the characters. It's funny that you say that because. I agreed with that with the Pope Benedict kind of aspect of it because I thought there was going to be a little more into it, and they do they do address it about the stuff with the um, the abuse of the the, the boys and right. everything. I thought there was going to be a little more with that, but then when I got to the Pope Francis stuff, all the stuff when he was younger and all that revolution, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, happened. and I, and even though they did they did go into it, I feel like they they could have I don't know gone more into it. I guess in a way, I don't know. I feel like they kind of glossed over it. I thought they. I thought it was fine. I don't know. It, it was. It was a incredible acting. My yeah, God. Both of them. Jonathan Price's performance. It reminded me of um, what's his face performance from um, that Spielberg movie. Um, Daniel Day Lewis. No, the one that um about with Tom Hanks about the. Oh, uh, Mark Rylance in in. Yeah, oh, like oh. it was a great performance, and you left the movie thinking that was a. Gr- but you didn't think he'd get any kind of recognition We're for despised. it. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's getting an Oscar nomination. Well deserved, no question. And he won. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it, it's a good movie. It's on Netflix, which yeah, it's two hours long. People bitch about Netflix, but I mean, it's the convenience of it is so fucking it's awesome. So <laughs> it's like. It's right there. You just put it on, and if you're not enjoying it after 20 minutes, you know, just yeah. Turn and honestly, off. if you're not even a Catholic, I think this would be an interesting. No, story. it's it, and I just I I do find like the the thing with it, how they elect the new popes to be a, a fat like I, I found that fascinating. Like all the oh. uh, the cardinals in there with the with votes, their, their, their blue pens. Yeah, it was just <laughs> uh, I, that whole process and the lighting of the smoke and everything. Yeah. It's just that's some fascinating stuff. Well, I learned about that in Euro Trip. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and a little bit in an Angels and Demons, too. We don't need no water. <laughs> God damn that movie. <laughs> you, you just hated the robot guy. I hated I hated when they got to Europe, as ironic as that sounds. I hated when they got to Europe. When they were in the States, I loved it. It was like a modern-day Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I, remember, all... I don't think, and it was just the littlest thing, but I don't think I've ever heard you laugh as hard when he in the in the very beginning when you just have his computer on and he just gets the... Mail, motherfucker! Mail, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make that my ringtone so bad. Now, but, you, uh, you say you haven't seen him laugh that hard. However, there is a brand-new Jackass movie in the works. There is. Yeah. I cannot wait to see him you have to put him in a diaper i wonder if uh what's his um uh yeah is he gonna be in it didn't they have a falling out him in knoxville he he, he went to rehab i mean that's that's always the case with most of them oh rehab (laughs) how many of them is it just ryan dunn that died yeah yeah Yeah. so oh so so we grade these movies so what do y'all give the two points seven i'd go eight i enjoyed this Really and Jonathan play. Price, I think, I mean, this was kind of the role he was born to play. Dude, people just, made jokes and Pope Frank was elected to help much you look like Jonathan Price. Yeah. I mean, we got elected. I'm like, oh, look, it's Elliot Carver of the New China News Agency. <laughs> Whatever it was, and tomorrow never does. Yeah, good times. I, I have to watch that. And now it is time. So, in honor of the fact that Bad Boys 2, I'm 3, I'm sorry, or 4, if for, for life. look at it. It's 4 Life. Bad Boys it's the third one. Four life. The third one, they but they're 4 Life. enough to call it 4 Life. Um, basically, uh, since we, we didn't get to watch it, um, it inspired us to think about a little uh, tournament for buddy cop. Movies. The genre. The genre. Of, genre of, buddy of the buddy cop formula. Not necessarily cops, they don't quote unquote. Y- you know, police most, most of the times they're cops. Most of the time, or but then we. So one of them I, I looked down and I saw, I thought that said K19, and I'm like, the fucking. The Widowmaker? Widowmaker. Yeah. No, that didn't make the list. Yeah, most of the time, at least one of them are cops. Yeah. Right? But we have some, some movies where they may, none of them will be cops. But it's that buddy formula. Yeah. Now, some of the rules that are in place is only one representative per franchise. Yeah. Yeah, we're going. We're not going with the movie. We're going with the the the, the character, the, yeah. the duo. The, the now, as far as how we set this thing up, we made it's a thirty-two movie bracket, and we kind of just went by. You know, we just started naming the ones that the first ones that came into our head. So, it's it's our own personal preference, I guess. And then we kind of had to look up some other other ones, get some suggestions. So. How we, what's our criteria for how we're going to vote for this? Is it just like what we think is the best I mean, movie. It comes up in discussion, but I think uh, I'd say which one, one which one embodies the genre, more. embodies the genre more. Which one we like the best, and then which one which, which one rewatchability. Which, and also, I think maybe like which duo we think could survive other difficult situations outside of this movie. Like 
who like who would you want on your on your case? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if you needed if you know you need them to help you with something, who would which one would you want? So I think that type of stuff. Like, who who do you think are better at their job? Well, clearly, Turner and Hooch. It's- no, don't, don't don't spoil it, man. We got to get to the list first. Fine. Now, now they know Turner and Hooch is on the list. Oh, Not no. the dog man. No man. All right, let's go. So the first seed because of its movie coming out, we went with Bad Boys, Mike Lowry, and um, the other one. <laughs> what was it? And Runtle that. Martin. What's his character's name? I don't know. I, I forget. Yeah. In Bad Boys. Yeah. It's uh, Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Marcus. Marcus. All right. Burnett. So Bad Boys versus the Tom Hanks Dan Aykroyd Dragnet. <laughs> this is an interesting combo. Um, Dragnet famous. TV series made into a movie. I'm gonna have to go with Bad Boys. Yeah, I agree. And and we'll we'll still implement the tiebreaker thing that we came up with the last time, just in case. Uh, yeah, I think I'll up. go with the Bad Boys. I will as well. As much as I enjoy Dragnet, uh, a lot of people remember that movie. No, my favorite scene is when they're in the pig. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lethal Weapon versus Stuber. Lethal is, Weapon. As much as I love Stuber, <laughs> yeah, this is. Lethal I never weapon. saw Stuber. I didn't actually see it, but I mean, Lethal Weapon is one of my all-time favorites. But, I, I, but yeah, it would have to be pretty special to I, I, go in front of. Lethal Riggs weapon. and Murtaugh are going to be a juggernaut through this. I'm expecting. All right, forty-eight hours versus Running Scared. Forty-eight hours. All right, so Running Scared is. Is I'm also it, voting it was, forty-eight hours. It was hours. Billy Crystal and um, Gregory Hines. So this is kind of a a, a classic movie. And and Jimmy Smith was the villain. And oh. One of the reasons I'm voting 48 hours because I don't even remember running scared. Babies. There you go. Um, yeah. I'll, 48 I'll, hours. I'll 48 hours. You're 48 hours? All right. <clears throat> Tango and Cash versus Money Train. So we got... Tango and Cash. So we got Woody and um, Wesley versus... Uh, I got to tell you. Um, Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone. That, I was not impressed with Tango. Okay, I'm voting Woody and, and Wesley. I'm voting Money Train. You know what? I kind of I liked Money Train. I, yeah. I was, I was, There's our first major upset. This is a number 29 seed beating a number 4 seed. Money Train. So Someone was like, I'm going to punch him. No, I'm going to punch him. And then they punch him together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was in it too. Jennifer Lopez was in that one. People got lit in fire in that. That was yeah. messed up. That was Chris Cooper. Oh, there was doing the, the guy that was like all burning. And that was like based off of... Um, that was a guy who was actually doing that to people in the, in the subway station, and he killed a few people, and they based that character on him. Okay, so this is an interesting one because this is going to be a, a controversial, I think, buddy cop formula for Beverly Hills Cop versus Two Guns because it's not. Ooh. It's like he. It's like a three way in a way. He doesn't have a. It's it's those two other there's cops. There's two buddies. There's two buddies. Yeah. With with Eddie Murphy, but it works. The dynamic of the three of them, I think, work it does. together. And it, I mean, it's usually the buddy cop thing is usually two very different personalities, and it's in that one. It's they, the two, the other two have similar personalities. But one of them loves like, Eddie Murphy. The other one thinks he's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I think I think it's very much fits in buddy cop. I don't even know what two guns is to be honest with you. Right, two guns are really it's Mark Wahlberg and uh, and Denzel Washington. One of them is a Navy officer. Yeah, it sounds movie. like a movie I should know, and I it, was, it was good. It was fun, yeah. I had a and they were they had really good chemistry. I was going to yeah. go with two guns. Actually. Well, I'm voting Beverly Hills Cop. I'm Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop. Cop. All right, Beverly Hill Cop. All right, <clears throat> Rush Hour versus The Rookie. Rush Hour. Rush Hour because the rookie. The rookie was Charlie Sheen and Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I don't really remember that. I agree. Rush, yeah, hour. Rush, I agree Rush hour. Rush Hour. All right, Jackie Chan. The Heat. Versus Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero. I, I, the Heat is a very good movie. But I, I, but I think The I, Heat is I'm, more in the, the I, genre. genre. I'm voting Last Action Hero because I never saw The Heat. I'm voting for The Heat as I'm well. A, I'm going to vote for The Heat. Okay, so, I love Last Action Hero. So we're going to do our thing where they both are going to move on because it's a tie. So Last Action Hero. All right. All right. <clears throat> the Nice Guys versus Stakeout. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I feel like they're kind of like... Ooh, they yeah. kind of mirror each other for the different decades they came okay, out. Okay, so nice guys. Nice guys is Russell Crowe and um, the, the the attractive guy. Um, Ryan Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Just just know Ryan, buddy. One, Whenever you Ryan. think of who's the attractive guy, just think of Ryan, yeah. and then usually and then, you'll um, be right. Stakeout is um, it's Richard Drivers and Emilio I like Stakeout a lot, but the nice guys I think is a very very underrated. Oh, I think it's a modern day I'm going. I'm going nice guys. Yeah, yeah. nice guys. Yeah. All right. Ryan Gosling couldn't be killed. 
<laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that makes sense. And that movie had one of the greatest camera shots of all time when he falls off that roof. <laughs> with Keith David. With Keith David, David yeah. yeah. One he like, well, you know what spots? <laughs> and then he land, goes into the pool and he sees Richard Nixon point out. <laughs> yeah. All right, so in this whole tournament, we may not have two more different films that are of the same genre going at each other. Hot Fuzz versus Alien Nation. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I love Alienation. Alienation's great, but I gotta go with it. That. is great, but it... it, it Those it, aliens got drunk off of milk. It ran into a bad matchup. All right. You've never seen Bad Boys 2. <laughs> All right, this is an interesting one. Point Break versus Men in Black. Ooh. So, now, to clarify, we're not talking about Swayze and, and Keanu Reeves. Right. It's It's Gary... It's for, for that reason, I'm gonna go with Men in Black, just because... The buddy cop element of Point Break was not the main part of the movie. That's true. But I'm thinking yeah. about who do I want on my case? Do I want and, and I'll, Jay? I want the Men in Black on my case. Yeah. yeah, they won't let you remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Men. I'm, uh, y'all talk me into it. I'm gonna yeah. go Men in Black. Gotta get some wax on his shoe. That's another major upset. That's a 23 yeah. seed moving on. Wax in his mustache takes it off with his shoe. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> sand on it. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang versus Canine. Kiss Kiss, kiss, bang, kiss bang, bang Bang. Canine made me cry. I'm voting Canine. <laughs> really? <laughs> it did. KKBB moves on. All right. Th- didn't he bring that dog to like the regular emergency room? He did. Yeah. God damn it. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't remember seeing that. I mean, was it was it basically the same ending as Iron Hitch? I think the dog lived in Canine, or did he not? I don't know. There were. I think. If I remember correctly, the dog made him think he was dead. That's right. He was playing. <laughs> and the, that, do- the dog is playing. And that, yeah. that kind of upset me. Asshole <laughs> <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, last Boy Scout versus Midnight Run. Oh. Midnight Run is one of my favorite movies ever. I got to vote Midnight Run. That's a great movie, but I don't know. Last Boy Scout. It's yeah. one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies. I got to go with Last Boy Scout. He spilled his warm cup, warm cup of piss. <laughs> um, Greg? I'm going to go Last Boy Scout. I'm also in your last Boy Scout. I hate you guys. Uh, it's last Boy I Scout. love both of those movies. Midnight Run should be in the final four. All right, where are we at? All right. And yet, and yet it's so this is interesting. I put on here Die Hard three because I feel like out of all well, the Die Hard, yeah, Die Hard with the Vengeance. I feel like that embodies the buddy cop formula better than the others. So I have that going up against the hard way with James Woods and and Michael J. Fox. Again, in this I. Probably like the Die Hard movies better, but I think The Hard Way was a better buddy cop movie. And I also, again, think about which two would work together better to do what we need to get done if this was in real life. And I got to go with The Hard Way because... But have you seen The Hard Way? Yeah, like a long time ago. I know they hated each other. But Michael J. Fox is an actor, just like with him to study for a role. Yeah, I know, but it's like... It works. You know, hot yeah. wire a car because he's an electrician. This is some racial shit again. <laughs> <laughs> you electrician, nature boy. He hates everybody. He does hate. I'm gonna vote the hard way as well. I'm gonna go with die hard. I'm gonna go with the hard way. I'm gonna go die hard. All right, so they both move on. All right, die hard three and nature boy he hard hates way. Everybody. <laughs> One of the best movies to watch on regular TV because of the editing. Um, all right, uh, the other guys versus let's be cops. Well, this is a hard one, but I have to go with the other guys. I go with so, the other guys I too. The other guy. I agree. I, if you if you have not seen Let's Be Cops, I'm, I actually have not seen it. It's it's, it's, it's really funny. Okay, Twenty One Jump Street versus Turner and Hooch. Oh, this one I have to go. Like I'm going Turner and Hooch. I'm going Turner and Hooch because because well, who would get stuff done? They wouldn't get. They would get nothing. Though. Not voting. When Jump Street, they kind of accidentally fall into success. And I'll never vote against a an, an, a, a police dog. But I also feel yeah. like. But I also feel like the other two are more buddy cops as opposed to. It, that's why this is a hard yeah. one. But I, I think I I'm gonna go Twenty One Jump Street. I'm gonna go Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch moves All on. Right. All right, last first round battle. <laughs> Showtime versus Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch. See, I was going to go Showtime. Oh, you're wrong. Well, at least it didn't get swept. All right, we're on to the next round. We're on to Cincinnati. All right. uh, Bad Boys versus Die Hard with a Vengeance versus The Hard Way. Bad Boys. Bad bad Boys. boys. All right, well, that that was easy. So far, Bad Boys has not not received a vote. Um, Lethal Weapon versus The Other Guys. Lethal Lethal Weapon. Yeah, Lethal Weapon. Riggs and Murtaugh just tearing through these the competition so far. 
Um, <clears throat> let's see. All these movies to choose from. 48 Hours versus Starsky and Hutch. Oh. Now, the Starsky and Hutch, we're talking about Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. I'm definitely voting 48 Hours. Yeah, 48 Hours. I'm going to go with Starsky and Hutch. Greg? 48 Hours. 48 Hours moves on. All right. No big surprises there. All right. Um, the first big upset of the first round, Money Train versus Turner and Hooch. Money Train. I have to go Money Train. Money Train as well. Uh, I know I just said I would never vote against a dog, but I'm going to vote Money Train this one too. That's kind of an underrated movie. Not, not a lot of people talk I like about Money, Money Train. Train. All right. Um, <clears throat> where are we here? Okay. Hot Fuzz versus Beverly Hills Cop. Ooh. Damn. Hot Fuzz. Oh, that is a really hard one. That is a hard one. But, but I, I have got, to go with Hot Fuzz, too, because, again... I got to go it, Beverly Hills Cop. It, it's Axel Foley, man. But it also, the, the... I would much rather have, have the characters from Hot Fuzz on my, my team. I, I think I want Axel Foley. Well, I, and, I, and whoever. I Sergeant Nicholas Angel. He was the best cop in England. Yeah, yeah well, That right. is true. So, it's up to Glenn. Yeah, I think I got to go Hot Fuzz. All right. But Can't go I mean, against Axel Foley is the worst cop in Detroit. Aquaman. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Men in Sad. Black, another big upset versus Rush Hour. This is Surge. Like, is it the third? I got to go with Men in Black on this one. I think I got to go with Rush Hour. I'm on the fence with this one. They're both very they're effective teams. I feel like uh, you understand. The I feel like Men in Black would have less conflict with each other. I'm gonna go with Men in Black because. Yeah, I'd want them on my on my side. All right, so Men in Black. They won't let you remember. All right. <laughs> Triple Threat, second round battle. The Last Boy Scout versus The Heat versus Last Action Hero. I'm going Last Action Hero. I think I'm going to go The Heat. Glenn goes The Heat. I go Last Action Hero. I'm going to go The Last Boy Scout. So oh, I'm also going Last Boy Scout. Last Boy Boys. Scout. I just keep thinking of when I was a kid, how many times I rewinded that, why did Mr. Milo cross the road? <laughs> kiss, kiss, bang, bang versus the nice guys. Oh, oh man. This is a hard one. Shit. Not for me. I'm going nice guys. Shame. I'm going to have to go with Shame nice black. guys, too. Russell Crowe's character won me over in that movie. i got to go with him. A Shane Black. A Shane Back? Yeah. Shane Black off. Oh, man. I love both of these films so much. I'm going to go with the nice guys. But if I want somebody on my on my team... I think Robert Downey Jr. is not somebody I want on my team. Yeah. Kiss, well, kiss, I, man. I mean, <laughs> well, because, yeah, he shot that guy with the revolver. Uh, Val Kilmer, I would want on my team, but also, like, Russell Crowe, I think, is more capable. Plus, everything that Downey Jr. does in that movie, from throwing the gun in the lake and everything, <laughs> he just fucks things and up and more. And the nice guys, I mean, they're both good detectives. Yeah. Yeah, they just have problems. Yeah. So, yeah. so y'all convince me. I'll go with the nice guys. All right. All right, here we go. The Elite Eight. Bad oh, bad boys versus hot fuzz. Oh, now we got some. Now let's get into it. <laughs> See, so let's make lemonade. But the thing, okay, I'm, I'm gonna judge it solely on this. When these movies are on, I'll, I'll watch either of them. But the one that like I have to like absolutely watch if if I even know it's on is gonna be Hot Fuzz. Yeah. All right, well let, let's consider everything here. So which and when I say when I want who on my case, I mean I yeah, there you very, go. They're very capable. But I think Hot Fuzz, they would probably get it done without killing everyone in like the surrounding area <laughs> that I'm in. But, I mean, that, that's I mean, they're going to kill, they're they're not they're gonna kill everyone on the West Bank. Well, as long as it's not me or any of my friends or family. They mostly just kill bad guys. <laughs> um, yes, but they were all bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got two votes for Hot Fuzz. I'm going to go bad boys. Just because... They have to work with Joey Pants. That can't be easy. I'm gonna go Bad Boys too. Uh, so I'm gonna we're gonna move them both bad in. Bad Boys is on there, not Bad Boys too. You know what the yeah, most definitely. clever piece of writing in Bad Boys Two is? Is when they're going on their big mission at the end, and Joey Pants comes and goes, "I called in some favors from my buddies at the CIA," and I'm in the middle of going, "How the?" F-? And, then he, and, he, and Joey Pants goes, "Don't ask." And I'm like, "Fair enough." There, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> lethal weapon. <laughs> <laughs> lethal weapon versus Men in Black. Oh. Lethal weapon. Yeah, this is yeah, lethal weapon lethal for weapon. me. All right. Lethal weapon. Riggs and Murtaugh are tearing I it think up. Somewhere Jeff is very proud of this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. <clears throat> forty-eight. Was part two. Forty-eight hours versus the Last Boy Scout. I'm going forty-eight hours. I'm gonna go the Last Boy Scout. Last Boy Scout. 
Oh, um, I'm gonna. Oh, <laughs> he realized it's a tough decision. It is a tough decision. It is. You're right. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Um, I'm gonna say Last Boy Scout just because I think I watched that movie more mm-hmm. than. And poor Joe Hallenbeck. He got a bad. He was a Secret Service agent that yeah. cut the right. wrong end of the deal. I really did not think Money Train would make it this far, but here we are. Money Train versus Nice Guys. Nice Guys. Nice Guys. Oh, I, yeah. I agree. Money I got, Train had a good run. It did. It was the t- Tennessee Titans of our, of our bracket. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Runaway Train. All right. <laughs> so we don't have a final four. We have a final five. Because we're awesome like that. That's right. So in the first triple threat semifinal, we have Bad Boys versus Hot Fuzz. Versus Lethal Weapon. Good Lord Almighty. Motherfucker. I got to go with Lethal Weapon. I... Yeah. And that... I mean, that's not easy. I, I agree. I got to go with Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I got to go with Lethal Weapon. So, so far, Lethal Weapon has made it to the championship and not not received a vote. Because of Driggs and Martha. All right. Murtaugh had retired. He was probably what seventy, and he fought gently. And 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 Mel Gibson was not just trying to draw psycho pinching. He really was crazy. <laughs> Last Boy Scout versus Nice Guys. Um, I'm gonna have to actually give the edge to Nice Guys. Yeah, as will I. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with Nice Guys. All right, I was not expecting the championship battle. And it's another Shane Blackoff of of Buddy. I guess he's the the master of the he's Buddy a, Cop yeah. genre. But the championship... Which, oh, this isn't anything racial. His name is Shane Black. <laughs> just, he's not actually black. That's right. He's not. But he he writes really good buddy cop movies, apparently. Yeah. And, and usually, not always, but usually they take place at Christmas and someone always gets tortured. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Even in Iron Man 3. Even in Iron Man 3. Let's wrap this up. Lethal Weapon versus The Nice Guys for the championship of the best buddy cop oh, movie ever. Nice Guys ever. was a nice run. I well, feel like... It's Lethal Weapon. It's though. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I mean, I think Lethal Weapon is the best. Buddy it's making me feel like while this tournament was entertaining and there were some surprises, there was never any doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's Lethal Weapon. So yeah. I got uh, yeah. It's so be. as as diverse. Glenn looked anguished. Yeah. Just because I, I I love the nice guy. It made I it to the championship. That, that, that's the nice that's a surprise. That's very surprising. But I mean, like the fact that this tournament had like and and honestly, I mean, they were private detectives. I don't think either one of them were cops in the night. Nice technically. Guys. But like, um, as I was di- just thinking of like the little things like Russell Crowe with a giant case of Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> yeah, he got and it got destroyed. And he just I haven't had one of these in about forty years. <laughs> but like, we had lots of upsets. But then you have Lethal Weapon that literally ran the gauntlet and never not received a vote from us against any movie. And after this, for some reason, I of all these movies. I kind of want to go rewatch Money Train, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's been years. <laughs> like Money Train. Is there any precinct in the United States where there's some sort of train that carries all the money where the police captain says, anyone even looks at this train wrong, you can kill them? Because <laughs> that's what happens in that movie. Some kid is running by and he just gets mowed down by these cops. And it's all legit. Sounds about right. Well, where what where, where was it? Was it, was it in Detroit? Or? Where, I'm trying to think. Where, was it in New York? Or was it in I think it was New York. Chicago? Yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to say New York, but Jennifer Lopez gets naked in it that, for no other reason. But I, you know, and I always thought, oh yeah, Jennifer Lopez gets naked. But then recently, she said she has never and will never be naked in a movie. So I think that was a body double. It doesn't matter. Let let me let me think and imagine. Don't destroy the man's dreams. <laughs> God damn, she's she's perfect, and she's just getting better with age. Like a fine line. I cannot wait for the Super Bowl halftime show. Remember Can when I? Cartman's hand was Jennifer? Lopez? That's right. <laughs> Good times. And now it is time time to nominate this week's Awesome Villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? I'll sum up my nominee with two words. Aaron Hernandez. (laughs) (laughs) Go Tigers. You're doing Kojo. Kojo, national champions, LSU. I'm going to go Tigers. And the reason I'm picking him is not just because they won the national championship, because unlike a lot of people when it comes to their opinions in sports, I don't have a problem admitting when I'm wrong. And when LSU hired him, I did not endorse it. I thought, you know, I don't know about this. He hasn't really done much. He, he doesn't had, really speak English. I mean, he, he had a terrible <laughs> run with Ole Miss. But he is, I mean, people make fun of his accent and everything, but he is a really smart guy, and he understands what he needed to do to get the team. Like, like he hired all the right people. I mean, and he's a great motivator. Anyone who's ever played for him has absolutely loved him. 
a friend of mine who works for uh, the local NOLA.com uh, website, he posted an article about when he met him when he was doing some high school reporting for his kid's school and about how just personable he was even back then before he was LSU's coach. And, I mean, he's a, he seems like a great guy, and um, I'm, I'm really happy for LSU that they got him. And I admit I was wrong. He was the perfect hire for LSU. Um, I would actually vote for somebody that I, I just actually watched that this week, and we kind of forgot to even mention. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I'm going to nominate Ken Jennings. Oh, yeah, he won. I yeah. forgot about that. He did yeah, win. The, the Jeopardy, the, what was it called? The, the greatest called? tournament ever. The greatest tournament ever. And, uh, yeah, Ken Jennings won. Did you see, uh, what's the guy's name, the, the guy who was the, the poker expert? James Holzhauer? How he talked shit to, the guy, to Brad. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. That was really funny. Yeah. And uh, did you see when uh, the guy Brad or whatever said they were, he, he was talking to Ken Jennings, and he said uh, his wife said he wishes he was more like Ken Jennings. And oh yeah, Ken Jennings like, well, you're gonna be faster on the buzzer, Brad. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I, I would have loved to have seen them do more of these type of things, but um, I'm worried this might be our, our last with Alex. Might be. He said he was never gonna tell anybody, and he didn't say a goodbye or anything. I don't no, think. Like so. the Larry David. Of well, well, he said that all, whenever he decides to hang it up, all he's gonna do is tell the producers, "I need 30 seconds at the end of this episode," because he has something prepared to say. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Ken Jennings. I mean. He'd, he'd won the most ever episodes of Jeopardy. Um, and, I mean, he came back and... He, I, I had no doubt he was going to win this thing. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I felt like... I don't know if you watch the whole thing. I mean, it felt like it was a competition between him and James Holtower. Yeah. The other guy Brad was, looked like he was having a time of his life losing. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, yeah, the Brad guy, he's won the most money on Jeopardy. But James Holtower, what he... Broke the records of the most money in an episode. Something like that. But And James was on for weeks. He was on for weeks, but Ken Jennings is, had one of the most wins. And he, he won this tournament and a million bucks. It was, it, was a, it was fun. I actually recorded them and watched them all. It was great. Yeah. Good stuff. The questions seemed harder, by the way. Yes, they did. Okay, I, I thought I was... Well, I mean, as, I know I'm stupid, but... they should. They're not I mean, stupid. I mean, no, I'm not a smart... You're, you're the smartest uh, one here. If we took an IQ test, I feel like if I had to rank us, I feel like <laughs> I would be last... Then Glenn, then Greg, then John. I don't know about any of that. Eighty-four. <laughs> <laughs> the way she looked at me. <laughs> um, I'm going to nominate Jonathan Price. Um, he kind of blew me away in the two popes with his very understated performances. Pope he, Francis. You know what performance I love of his that I think people don't realize how good he is is in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that movie, everybody has over the top performance. He like does a great job. He does. He's what good about Jumpin' Jack Flash? I don't remember him in that. He was Jumpin' Jack Flash. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, you hear his voice through the entire movie. This was then, a moment where I really wish we were on YouTube <laughs> yeah. so you could see John's eyes light up and that he could say that. <laughs> you hear his voice through the whole movie and then he shows up at the end. But um, no, I was also thinking like his role in uh, Game of Thrones. I really liked. Him oh as yeah, the, as the high priest. He was yeah. dirty as shit. In I mean, but he was like so kind of creepy in that. But then like he was a good Bond villain. He was in was it? Oh yeah, Tomorrow Never Club? Dies. Yeah. So I mean, he's just a fantastic actor, and like I said, he's never really had the big breakout like movie star role. But he's just always very, very good so, character, very actor. solid, very good, understated actor. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna nominate Stephen Amell. Because the one thing I saw this week was the Crisis crossover. And like we talked about before, he kind of impressed me with uh, with his performance in this and also just anchoring this whole universe for all this time. Really cool dude, too. Uh, He's apparently making some wrestling show. Yeah. What do you mean by that? He's making some show. I think it's called The Heel? Is it called? Oh, you mean like a TV show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a what, great title for a wrestling show. I think show. it's called... Is it called The Heel? I think so. That makes yeah. sense, because that's what you call villains in wrestling. Yeah. It makes sense. Because I know he mentioned something about getting back to the gym, because there's going to be pictures of him wearing Speedos because of this new wrestling show. Oh, I'm going to be watching that. You better believe it. For the wrestling or the Speedos, or both? All of the above. Um, I'm going to pick uh, um, Jonathan Price. I'm going to pick Coach O. I'm going to go with Amel. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to do something because I've been impersonating him for the past like two weeks. I'm going to go with Coach O too, because uh, yeah, like for, I, I, you know, honestly, like he, all, like I'd love when he says "Great State of Louisiana," um, but it's a man who genuinely like loves. Yeah, he the, does, the, the, and and I, I just I to see that smile on his face and him being emotional after these wins, like yeah. he really. He's been working on this for a while, and I see it all coming. <laughs> his his mom's also really cute. 
Not that she's attractive. I'm just the way she talks. Like adorable. I, yeah, she's adorable. It's like Betty White. Adorbs. Uh, yeah, I got. I took that a completely different way when you said that his mom was cute. I was like, wait, Coach O has, no. a, has a hot mom. No, <laughs> she's just like you know Betty White, where you just want okay. to go put her up on a shelf and. Which happy birthday, belated birthday to Betty yeah, White. Yeah. yeah, She's 150 now. What? 98, oh, isn't yeah. it? 198. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, Coach O, come hang out with us, man. We'll uh, we'll get a translator for for you on the show. What Coach O said was, "We love you, man." Go Tigers. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Please remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the show and give us feedback. Did we make the right decision? We did. I feel like there's the, there's no debate about yeah, the, really the buddy movie tournament. Is. I mean, yeah, I mean, some some of the decisions in there might be debatable, but the winner, I don't think, is debatable. And I mean, if we left off a movie that you guys think should have been on there, you can mention it, but we really don't give a shit because our list is is better than anything <laughs> well, you'd have. We, we all give a shit. Ryan might not. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Get, input, I, I, I don't care. Until someone pays us mo- like money <laughs> and sponsors us and tells us things, then then I might endorse what they think. But I, I don't. I don't. I don't give a shit. You know, you can voice in the comments. If somebody starts giving us money, you're just gonna be a yes man and do whatever. Oh, absolutely. Say. I don't know. <laughs> You've been served notice, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what What if we somehow, let's just say, get sponsored by Ryan Reynolds? Oh man, he's gorgeous. Great, great, very funny guy. Um, his acting ability is second to none. I mean. The way he he comes across in Deadpool, you know, playing a character that has nothing like his real personality, you know, it's not a stretch at all. Ryan, don't let his balls drag. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I do, I am interested in um, his Netflix film Six Underground. Yeah. Um, and his uh, the other movie that he's got that's coming out actually looks kind of interesting. The thing where it's oh, where he's like the video game character, like the background. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's even called. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> If that was not the the perfect combination of my hatreds of life, Ryan Reynolds and Pokemon coming together. Yeah. You got? I'm looking it up. It's, um... He's got 13? Free Guy. Free Guy, yeah. He's got the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard coming out. Nice. Really? That movie was that successful? It really was. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Selma Hayek is in it. Oh, well, she was in the first one. She was... Um, Samuel Jackson's, Samuel Jackson's wife. wife was Selma Hayek. Oh, okay. Antonio Banderas is in this one. Nice. I keep your bra. I was going to say the exact Selma same thing. Do you think Selma Hayek's going to give him some hot water? Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. This has been Greg, John, Glenn, Ryan. We will see you next week.